Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. My name is Rocky, and Briggs' name is Brig. And uh, this week we are talking about Lover, <laughs> the seventh studio album by Taylor Swift. Now, um, as is customary when we when when we do a break episode, I do have a little something to drink here. This is a uh, a fine canned rosé that uh, has been has been dry aging in my fridge for six months. <laughs> Yeah. Great. So just crack, cracked it open. Let's see how that goes. Fine by me. <laughs> and I'm running yes. with Diet Coke because of this uh, call that you I got, have. You, you got to work thing. Yeah, so let's uh, not uh, mince too many words here. Uh, the last time you were on the show was a year in review episode, but other than that, you came on to talk about Donda, and now we're talking about Lover. So with that in mind... Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Taylor Swift. My relationship with Taylor Swift is, I think, a funny one, um, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, I, really, I really liked Taylor Swift when I was in elementary school. I used to sing You Belong With Me in the direction of my crush's house uh, while I got ready for third grade. Um, as a Kanye loyalist, though, in middle school, I promptly uh, developed a vendetta against Taylor Swift um, mm-hmm. and was an anti-Taylor until she dropped Reputation. Um, mm. And I, 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 I promptly became a fan. Um, and, and then she dropped You Need to Calm Down, and I became a hater again. Mm. And I, uh, I didn't really... I start listening to her music again until I uh, started to to try to um, seduce this this uh, young lady I was talking to, mm-hmm. who's now my girlfriend of almost two years. I'm subjected to listen to Taylor Swift all the time, um, and listened to all the wonderful songs that Lover has, other than um, "Me and You Need to Come Down" and have really come to love the album. Um, so that's my relationship with Taylor Swift. Um, but I would listen to Famous um, over most Taylor Swift songs any day. So I will say I'm, sure. still, I'm still a loyalist at, at, at the end of it. Yeah, I feel like my relationship with Taylor is equally uh, interesting. Um, I, you know, was sort of aware of her, obviously, from a young age and didn't really have an opinion on her, you know, in, in the big, like, uh, uh 2012 2014-ish like hater era i feel like i wasn't as into that although i didn't like the singles on red at the time i still don't think red is a very good album uh these are all other taylor albums that we can get to eventually but um i think i you know i had it in my head that 1989 was this really good album and i was i was aware of that and then in in the revitalized taylor and kanye thing um and then um reputation the the timeline of when Reputation came out is interesting for me. Uh, basically, uh, uh, Look What You Made Me Do came out like as I was on the road to Sarah Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had an interesting relationship to that album. I liked the singles and didn't like the album, which is the reverse of what a lot of uh, uh, Taylor Swift fans say. Um, Lover came out right in the sweet spot for me to enjoy it. I would say it's probably my favorite Taylor Swift album. Uh, I, I've said that sort of equivocally before, but I feel like now, having listened to it again, I'm, I'm fully in on that. And, uh, you know, now now everyone's uh, on the same page about uh, <laughs> about Taylor a little bit. She's uh, gotten a lot more respect in the last couple of years. So, yeah, let's just jump in. Let's not waste any time. Uh We'll we'll go track by track, and I don't have much history anyway. You know, she started. Uh, uh, this was the first album on her Republic contract. Her Big Machine contract ended with uh, Reputation. So, even though I think Folklore is seen as a pivot point for her, this was sort of the start of that transition to you know owning her masters and taking more time with her music. Well, actually, less time as it turns out, but <laughs> but having the ability to take more time. More time. Um, yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. 
So yeah, let's get into it. The first track on the album is I Forgot That You Existed. I mean, what can even... This is, this is a banger of a song, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because at first glance, it is everything about Taylor Swift that everyone hates. Mm. Like, it for musically and just, like, the tone, everything about that. And then you listen to it, um, and there's some really clever lyricism, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't know who she's talking about. Is she talking about the issue? Like, you think she's talking about the breakup, right? And then verse two targets the media. And you get this sort of, like, micro to macro thing mm. going on. Um, that she continues with in, in the whole album. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the... I actually felt like the second verse sort of lasered in on this seems to be about some kind of relationship. Um, and people say it's about Calvin Harris, since she never really wrote any songs about Calvin Harris, and this sort of would tie into that. But... Um, yeah, I think it's a really fun track. I love when Taylor does these sort of these sort of character-driven songs, like like Blank Space, and just sort of um, plays plays against her image. I don't. I'm trying to avoid saying reputation as much as possible. Although she does say that she does say the word reputation on this song, I think. But yeah, this. I mean, this song, moreover, just sort of closes the book on that whole uh, vengeful era. This is her saying, like, we're we're done with that. Well, and so this is my, this is my, like, like, my, my Kanye and Taylor lover um, take on it, which is that in a weird way, she does a really similar thing to Kanye, that Kanye doesn't famous. I doubt it's intentional, but both are like this fuck you anthem to a partner and to like an era of their lives that like just really like like send it send a strong message i think that's i think cool. that oh. yeah i'm yeah <laughs> I, I i agree with that for sure and i just think it's a it's a fun song it's sort of it, it it's slight it's an intro it doesn't feel like a full song in a lot of ways but um you know it's i i think it's a great mood setter it's one of the songs on this album that gets stuck in my head the most all the time yes yeah yeah, yeah. fun fun track the second track is Cruel Summer, uh, co-written by St. Vincent, uh, who Taylor met during the 1989 tour, uh, and a really good song. <laughs> I, um, what stood out to me on this, listen, um, she really, like, steps into this, uh, like, like, sexuality. I, I mean, you see it in, it's in reputation, um, but in reputation, it feels very, obviously she's not doing a Miley Cyrus thing, but reputation was her, like, wrecking ball of just, like, I'm not a little girl anymore, like, I, like, have sex. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Broke my scarf. Um, this one, it's, like, a comfortable, like, wanting and that continues it continues for the whole album and take and and sets a tone of like this really this is going to be a different album yeah i i think what the way that i synthesize what i really like about this album is that it is basically a carly ray jepson album and what what of the things about carly that i think carries over on this record is that sort of um that sort of joyfully horny, you know, yes. like 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 just it, it it it's it's horny on a subsurface level, but it's very earnest. I feel like that carries over throughout this album. Yes, I mean, and then the bridge. Mm. The bridge mm. is a work of art. It, yeah. The bridge is great. All the bridges on this album are really good. I like I all and all the songs in my notes. It's like the bridge is really good, even the songs I don't like, um, for the most part. But I and when we were talking about the, um, we did an episode on Solar Power, uh, another Jack Antonoff produced record, and there's a a song on there where 
in talking about the song Lord Said, I was always really jealous of Taylor's ability to write bridges. And uh, this is one of the few songs on this album that had uh, the songs that I've done that has a bridge that I feel really confident in. So, you know, and I hadn't really picked up on that notion of Taylor being really good with bridges before. But after having read that and now done this album, like, yeah. No, she's I mean, she's she's insane. Um, Yeah, I. And I love I don't know, you have a lot of motifs that that enter for the album. In the in the whole song, but particularly in the bridge, um, I mean, we'll talk about this definitely when we get to Miss um, Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. But just like the mixing of of metaphors, where like she's suck- sneaking into Gart, like she's in Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. um, and, he, and then he's the devil. So it's like, oh, okay, we're in Eden. But then there's also this just very earnest, horny <laughs> aspect to it. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the interesting thing to note about this song is that the cruel summer in question is the summer of 2016 when she met Joe Alwyn and was also having this public feud with Kanye, and also he has an album called Cruel Summer, so <laughs> there's, there's definitely a synthesis there. Yeah, great song. Phenomenal. Uh, the third track is the title track, Lover. Um... A song that never really did it for me, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I sort of get it on this listen as, like, kind of a Heim sort of song. You know, like, it, it has a vibe, and I think it fits in the album really nicely, but it just doesn't super resonate with me on its own. I am actually a big fan of Lover. Mm. Uh, this is the, one of the few songs where I feel like the bridge loses me um, a lot. But what I like about this song is that it is it is so devastating, actually. Um, that's the conclusion mm. I've come to recently. That it, the, the, it sounds really happy. Um, I figured this out because I was, um, I was fucking around on my guitar and just started playing it. And with nothing but the acoustic, I was like, this is devastating. Um, it, like... Oh, where is it? For me, and for me, there's like a a discomfort and and, sa- yeah. and sadness that's also happy and it's it's try. I mean, there of course, like we could do a separate um, episode on the the gay Taylor Swift conspiracies, and I have um, not a lot of interest in in delving into those um, at all. But yeah. if you take them, if you take them into any consideration with this album, the people who think it's about Carly. Uh, like there's something so sad about her trying to convince herself um to love joe um and not be yeah and we see this this is something that i picked up on on a lot of the songs after this on the album but um even though it sort of starts on this very confident note and on the surface this is like a you know shrugging off you know brushing the dirt off your shoulder and just sort of like like it's sort of a blissful record it's actually like a very uh insecure album and almost every song is about her like insecurity about love and her fears of of fucking up and ruining a relationship and i think we see that on lover it's a romantic song but it's like it's pleading it's can we always be this close you know also it's also about like the the pain of like being a a woman in a relationship Mm. you know like and i think i mean and she gets there too um there's like a whole like feminist feminist theory part of my brain that's just like she's in love with him and she wants to be with him but she also knows she's walking herself like directly into a cage and that's like that's like so fucking devastating and yeah 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 Yeah, i uh my favorite song to just like listen to i will like i'll i'm with you there on that where it's just like i don't want to i don't like just like turning on lover yeah i don't like the hook i i have a couple problems with it something that i do like i like that first line the we can leave the christmas lights up till january a lot because like on the surface 
it's like, uh, you know, it, it's again tying into this sort of blissful letting everything wash over you sensation of the album, but actually it's just sort of a mundane thing. And she actually talked about this in, I think, the New York Times dissection of the song, um, that it's like, you know, originally it was going to be the Keep Your Christmas Lights Up till April, but she was like, she she wanted it to be something sort of regular, like we can put the painting over there, you know? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. It also sounds like a lyric that could be on Evermore. Um, True. Yeah. The man. Uh, a contender, like, a, a very cheesy song, but, like, kind of a contender for my favorite on the album. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Uh, I mean, obviously, this song hits uh, in such a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> colors of the fucking album and everything okay okay uh, her in the in the as tyler swift in the video hot so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah well it's just so funny it's like um it jamie pointed this out to me but like she doesn't have a lot of like girl boss anthems mm-hmm. like this is like 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 beyonce it's, I mean, there's not a lot of, there's no comparison to be made between the two. Right, right. But when you think of, like, a, a, a woman, a powerhouse of a woman in the music industry, like, Beyonce, every album she drops has this, like, girl power, mm-hmm. like, who run this mother type of, and Taylor just hasn't, hasn't done that. Yeah, album. well, the thing, one of the big things with this album and its rollout is that in November 2018, like right after she started recording this album and signed the new record deal, she uh, endorsed two candidates in the midterms. And she hadn't talked about politics under her big machine contract. She says that they always cautioned her against it because of the the controversy that the chicks had when they spoke out against the Iraq war. Um, Which, part of the thing with this era and something that we see uh for better or for worse i think mostly for worse on this album <laughs> is like taylor make you know doing these overtly political songs yeah. i think this is the 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 one that is the most effective even though again it's kind of a it, it, it's a cheesy song in certain ways um but yeah it's a banger and i think it gets its message across very nicely yeah no i couldn't yeah i couldn't say it better uh, the next track is The Archer. Uh, a, re- a, a really cool song. <laughs> it, it, it's... Um, for me... Okay, one... When we now have... That lyric in All Too Well. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a soldier returning half her weight. Mm-hmm. With this... Just like the that's my favorite thing about the re-reports is seeing the the connections that maybe we weren't aware of, re-listening to her music and seeing a lot of it in a really different way. Um that's first just like thought provoking. Second of all, I just like it slaps. Like it's just it just slaps. I um that's you can go now, but that was my first just Yeah. I would say, like I Forgot That You Existed, it's a song that, like, kind of builds but doesn't fully go anywhere, um, which I think is intentional uh, to a certain extent, but I also think it's a quality of Jack Antonoff's production at this time, that he would have a lot of sort of uh, uh, sparse drums, and, like, there are some weird, like, pop experiments on this album, like The Man and some other songs that I like a lot, but I feel like there's a a sparseness to it that is sometimes to its detriment. Um, But, yeah... The Archer, just, you know, a very resonant song right away. Uh, just, just um, yeah, kind of kind of nice. And a song that is more explicitly about um, the, the anxiety about fucking up a relationship or about a relationship, uh, you know, ending in tragedy, almost uh, inevitably. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, for, for all the, like, again, the fluffy elements of this album and the weird, like, like, pop experiments which i love the there is this very melancholy underpinning that runs throughout it yeah 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 and 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 she's also just starting to introduce uh the the metaphor of the the hero and the 
leave. I don't know what, what comes up with like the sneaking through the garden and keeps coming up. Um, she's like bringing those uh, images in more, which also is really like uh, resembles our old Taylor. You know, like like our old Taylor, like the white horse. She was Romeo and Juliet. Like she was really in that world, and uh, she kind of pulls away from it. Yeah. Yeah, we see her sort of re reframe those images a lot on this album, especially on Miss Americana. But uh, before that, there's I Think He Knows, the sixth track on this album, which is another song. Uh, th- it's a more upbeat song, but like, you know, the previous song was They See Right Through Me. This song is I Think He Knows. Uh, yeah. we- we're seeing that-, that theme of anxiety come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even the... The build to the chorus is so, or the the pre-chorus, I suppose, uh, is so anxious. It's also weird. Mm-hmm. Like I do, like mm-hmm. he got that boyish look that I like in a man. Like it's weird. It's like okay, Taylor. Yeah. Um, and then the the chorus is just such a little release release of of all of that. Yeah. 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 This this is also like kind of the fullest sounding song on the album up to this point. I like the production and again these sort of like weird experimental pop sounds uh that 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 she's toying with on here. I was like already starting to get annoyed with the da 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 flow that she does over and over again on this album. <laughs> it just like keeps coming back after that, but I was already like that's enough. Yeah, but all in all, uh, it's it's just it's a it's one of those songs that also is just fun. Yeah, it, it yeah it goes hard. Um, yeah. Good track. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Uh, uh another song touching on politics. Uh, on this record. Um, yeah, not not I don't like like okay. I like how kind of overblown it is, um, but like I just find it a little a little dry. You know, I I, I don't I don't find it memorable other than the title. Yes, I am. Um, so I yeah, I think that it's a really weak political statement. As mm-hmm. like all of her, like it's really weak as a as a political statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just but. Oh, but this song, sometimes I'm like, she just decided she wanted to write a song about, um, that's one thought I have when I listen mm-hmm, to all mm-hmm. this time. Um, but the other is that it does, ugh, I hate that I'm going to say this, but it does just, it makes me feel like I'm 17. Um, mm-hmm. like it just has that feeling of, um, I don't know, being, being 17 and, and like a really, uh, like stupid relationship um yeah it, it, like i said it's overblown it's you know this relationship is the most important thing in the world and it's and then uh, the, the last thing is that the bridge i just like really truly despise that's <laughs> i the really one... hate it <laughs> the bridge is kind of the one thing i like <laughs> i think I what t- she does with go fight win is is like cool in theory listening to it i just am like i can't this fair enough i i I think um again that 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 peppy kind of you know i mean obviously it's sort of playing on like a cheerleader thing and i think that fits the thematics of the song it is also like you know so i i i think it's well written i don't know um my thing with this song the through high school thing is good with the yeah um, yeah but my thing with this song is it's obviously using the high school as like a political metaphor, but then it's like you and me can run away. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like in the like 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 I see how she and as Miss Americana fits into that metaphor, but the Heartbreak Prince I feel like kind of gets lost in the shuffle. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, and, and also like she could it could just about this. It doesn't need to have political element. I don't know why she. I don't know why she does that. Like, like I don't. I don't need it. I could. I could go without it. Yeah, yeah. And if it was like more leaning into the high school thing, and it was like you know, suddenly this is about politics. That'd be one thing. But it like. Yeah. 
the, the politics become the star of the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're really vague politics. Yeah. Um, and you know, she has all this stuff about how she was inspired by by the chicks and their their statement, and it's like, well, they actually made a statement, you know. <laughs> but uh, the next track is "Paper Rings," another uh, earnestly horny vibe, and uh, a, a fun track. I this is my favorite song in the album. Wow, I hate this about myself, but I just love it. Um, a side note is that my parents' um, 25th wedding anniversary is in October, and my dad is in the process of making my mom um, paper rings out of their original wedding invitations and pamphlets. Um, so mm-hmm. apparently love is not dead. <laughs> but I just think it's the sweet. I think it's such an adorable, adorable song. I do. Um, yeah, but then there's also an undercut of, of settling as well. Again, with the, like, it's earnestly horny, it's happy, but also, like, marrying someone with paper rings is, is, is settling. Yeah. Uh, just a, um, a, a motif that I had noted a little earlier, but I just want to point out now. Uh, just, just, just some lines that I'm going to read back to back here. From Lover, my heart's been borrowed and yours has been blue. On Cruel Summer, it's blue, the feeling I've got. Uh, for Miss Americana, we're so sad we paint the town blue. And on this song, uh, I'm with you even if it makes me blue. So, uh, yeah, just just blue in contrast to red. Uh, definitely a motif that comes back on this album. I think maybe it could have been a little stronger, but it, it's there. Well, and now Midnight's is, um, is very purple. Mm. All the front marker midnights is very is quite purple. So we'll see about that. Although, yes. although purple doesn't purple doesn't rhyme with as much <laughs> as blue and red do. <laughs> uh, track nine is Cornelia Street. Oh, the one thing I wanted to say about paper rings, real quick. I like the the, the like da 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 flow comes back, which I'm I'm not I'm still annoyed by, but the uh, I love that that song fades out. Yes. Yes. That's just good to see. It is good to see, and she rarely does it. Yeah. Um, And I really dislike that about her. Yeah. Cornelia Street, another song that uh, doesn't leave much of an impression for me. I feel like it's sort of, you know, there are like the upbeat songs and the downbeat songs on this album, and this one is kind of trying to be somewhere in the middle. Yes. Yes, and it doesn't um, it doesn't do it for me that much. Um, I think I could be really into it if I if I wanted to get the feeling that this song gives me from a Taylor Swift song, I would just go and listen to Happiness. Mm-hmm. So I don't need this song. Like like yeah. it, she gets the message of this song across much more effectively and much more beautifully. On really all of Evermore. Um, yeah, we do. We we see that um, the the like uh, the 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 desperation and the anxiety come back uh, a little more strongly on this track. I hope I never lose you. Hope it never ends. I'm so terrified of if you ever walk away. Um, you know that that is clearly becoming like the main theme of the album. Yes, exactly. Well, is the and then we're going and then there's also. Um, Sacred New Beginnings, that became my religion. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And then with, with False God sort of coming up, it's... Well, I know where yeah, it all, it all comes together. So. Uh, the next track is Death by a Thousand Cuts. Uh, a fun experiment, I think. Um, this, this track is... Uh, I, I mean, it's based on... The, the rom-com Someone Great, which is about a couple who breaks up after nine years together. So it's, it's another song about uh, insecurity, about a relationship. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think it's fun. Um, it's, 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 it's fun and upbeat, but the, lyric, the lyrics are much more um, glaringly sad. Mm-hmm. I just, I enjoy songs like that so much. Um, I, there, and there are just some, there are some lyrics that are just so... Just I don't know, unreal. 
But again, like our country, I guess it was a lot of those land, and then she goes into the whole United We Stand thing. I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was uh, kind of carried away by the instrumentation, but I did also think it's a very well-written song. Um, the movie in question was directed by Jennifer Gaten Robinson, who we talked about pretty recently on the show because she co-wrote Thor Love and Thunder. Um, which also has the screaming goats, which come from the meme of I Knew You Were Trouble. So just just a few connections there. Uh, <laughs> the next track is London Boy, one of the uh, most talked about songs on this album, for sure. Progress the Queen. <laughs> uh, this is a really fun song. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> that's all i have to say about this every time i listen to this it gets funnier um yeah. my one thing about it is like it's taking the concept of american boy and doing like a cross version of that which like i think is funny and i think it works in this song but i do think that american boy is funnier yeah. <laughs> you know i think it does the concept better but uh yeah it's a good track yeah. well and it's also funny because it's like it, very it's like very self-aware but i think that there's also an aspect of it being like, yeah, like you date, like she's dated so many London boys. Um, and it's right. just, it's funny to hear her. Uh, like, I wonder, I wonder um, if, you know, like Harry Styles and Tom Hiddleston, like <laughs> all of her, all of her, uh, all of her London boys get together. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's got a type. Um, the uh the the like da 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 flow comes back, but I feel like it sort of fits the vibe of this song a little better. Yeah, this is yeah, one where it's I like sung so well in this song. Yeah. yeah. And um there's the Idris Alba clip at the beginning, which is a, <laughs> just another funny little <laughs> little bit. Uh and there is a reference to blue jeans if you wanna just keep bringing the blue thing All together. Motif, yeah. And she's also rare that she's like funny. Like mm-hmm. I laugh at her a lot, uh, but but this song you're laughing with her, and that's nice. Yeah, I kind of think she's like often doing bits. I, like I think Blank Space is a very funny song. I think I knew, I, uh, not I knew your trouble. Uh, we are never ever getting back together is really funny. Um, mm-hmm. But like you know, she obviously doesn't get credit for being funny as much. Uh, but yeah, that was a really funny song. <laughs> I'll bring that note back when we talk about one of the later songs. But the next one is uh, Soon You'll Get Better featuring the Chicks. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, not much you can say about I mean, you know, it's close to home for me. It's close to home for a lot of people, I'm sure. But just a really tender, well-done song. Yeah, there's, there's not much that can be said. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think the feature is really, like, well-integrated, too, with the chicks. I think they, you know, feel, you know, they're, they're sort of, like, woven into the track where they don't feel like like they're pulling away from the album. Uh, <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a milestone for her. Like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, that's it. It's a milestone. A, a lot of people who, who think she's a joke would, would be or, you know, impressed that the chicks were on the album. That's like, yeah, a milestone, put simply. Yeah, and sort of a, a, a precursor to, you know, now working with, like, I mean, I don't want to put the chicks on a lower level, they, you know, but, like, now she's working with, like, The National and, and, and Haim and Bon Iver and all the, you know, she's... Exactly. And people were sort of taken by surprise by that, but again... The, this sort of train sort of starts on this album with the chicks feature, which is very yes, well done. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it also does sort of tie into the um, the theme of like insecurity. The, there's a the line, "I know delusion when I see it in the mirror," and obviously a lot of this is about just sort of uh, hoping against hope that things will all be okay, which is a very recurring theme on this album. Yeah. Well, and you also almost get sense of why she's so anxious about this relationship um, in a way that she hasn't been before but because she can't talk to her mom you know mm. um, and that's a yeah yeah <sighs> fuck the, ne- the next track is False God 
another very serious contender for the best song on the album. Absolutely. I, I'm a sucker for a, for a little sax. Uh, love 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 some religious imagery. Everything here is is my cup of tea. Every yeah no I I strongly agree with you. Um, yeah yeah yeah. Really cool. Something kind of striking about the song is that it doesn't have a bridge. Yeah. You know, after all these after all these great bridges, it's like all a little. Yeah, and I think that sort of speaks to how she's sort of branching out structurally on this record, doing some, like, you know, I, I mean, she's experimented with structure before, obviously, she has songs that are, like, six, seven minutes long before this, but, um, you, you know, sort of taking this pop framework and sort of messing around with it, which we see in the instrumentation a lot also. I think she's realizing she can do, she can do a little bit more with the song outside of the bridge. Yeah, and she yeah. can she can have it both ways, where she's being, yeah. uh, 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 you know, she's being expansive, and she's also making pop music. Yes. The next track is "You Need to Calm Down." I tried really hard to listen to this in preparation. I couldn't. I'll be honest. I can't. I. You didn't. <laughs> I literally can't. I like. I can't listen. I. To I can't. actually. I, now that you mentioned it, I didn't listen to it either. <laughs> it comes on and I automatically skip it. I, yeah. Yeah, I, probably to me the worst song that Taylor Swift has made. Um, I, I, on, on the notes for uh, I Forgot That You Existed, I mentioned that there's the, the line in My Feelings More Than Drake, and it's like she's doing this, she has this trick in this era of doing like the, the sort of hip-hop simile stuff, and I think that stuff's really annoying, but I realized as I went through the album that I was just thinking of, you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing with when rappers do those sort of the rep, the referencing and the similes mm-hmm. is that impressive thing about it. I mean, this might be me, me as someone who just like really listens, like loves rap music. The impressive thing about it is the 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 flow and the you can you discover the cleverness because you're listening to it really hard and it does it's not apparent immediately. Whereas like with 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 a lot of these, particularly like glad the glad. I mean, I can't, I can't even, um, it's just <laughs> lazy, it's so lazy, like, yeah, just, the, the, every lyric of this song is insane, and it could be an entire episode, I mean, uh, when Queer Eye was in the music video, yeah, and the, the, the crazy one for me from the video is that Ryan Reynolds is in it, <laughs> yeah, I, mm just like the there's the line um the line she never made anybody less gay uh in the words of a critic who i don't remember who but i read this at the time the song came out at least madonna knew what the word vogue meant Just the, I mean, like, even the most basic fundamental premise of this song is that, uh, is that criticizing Taylor Swift is the same as being homophobic. <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd. It's an absurd song. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I have a quote from Taylor Swift about the things that she was talking about on this song. I wrote this song about the energy and effort that people put into spreading negativity with all of the trolling, cancel culture, telling people how to live their lives, and pitting women against each other. There was a thing that Taylor Swift, like, said in an interview earlier this year about how she, like, got canceled and almost lost her career. And, like, for for a bit, I was like, I don't know what you're referring to. (laughs) And, And, like... Like, you know, she, I, I looked into it, I, you know, this thing, the thing with the, the, the famous lyric and the phone call and all that, like, that's what she was talking about, but, like, I, I mean, a lot of people were hating on her, I wouldn't say she was cancelled. 
she's by no means canceled. People were like, like over her bullshit. Like, yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> really, really fundamentally, uh, uh, a morally bad song. <laughs> yes, and and also just um, one of the main reasons I just give zero fucks about Taylor Swift like being some way, shape, or form gay is that she wrote this song. So it's like I, I do not give a fuck if she. God, like, God, I, I, I. I remember so vividly the social media conversation and the rollout of this album and all the sort of rainbowy stuff on the cover and in the me video and then like they were teasing this song and it was like she's gonna come out on this song <laughs> and then she th- th- couldn't be further from what she did it was like toned up thing and it's like I if she's like a, a part of the community like this is the just that yeah it's this song right here that makes me feel like maybe yeah maybe she maybe she's gay sure mm-hmm. but like she mm-hmm. really calm down so i don't uh, thank you yeah yeah the next track is afterglow i sort of feel like the album doesn't really recover from that song um oh, but fine. afterglow is fine but, uh, <laughs> yeah i mean Blue is back. Um, yeah, it's got the... Uh, I the... love is boxing with no gloves. There are a lot of metaphors in here. One thing I appreciate about her is uh, the amount of metaphors she uses um, and just how sometimes she... I just love and kind of hate how she'll just put 12 metaphors in one song. Um, yeah, I. what I like... I, I like that we've seen this insecurity theme throughout the album, and now we're seeing her, like, manifesting it in, like, actually imagining the relationship following, falling apart. Yes. 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 But, yeah, it's like a... It really needs a sandwich it between you need to calm down and me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's... There, there's sort of an up-down thing throughout this album where it's like you do the, the happy song and then you do the sadder song, and I, I, I see this being a part of that, but um, yeah, sandwiched between these two, like even seeing it just from her perspective, these two very bombastic songs, it's obviously going to sort of water it down, and it really just feels like feels like table scraps from Cruel Summer to me. Yes. Yes. It's even called Afterglow, I mean. But, um... The next track is Me, featuring Brendan Urie. Uh, the album's lead single, a song that I have, like, almost avoided giving thought to up to this moment. I remember when it came out and um, just, just you know, not, not really knowing what to think of it. Uh, I think it is a lot better than You Need to Calm Down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um... I think hearing this song, I felt like, okay, this album is going to be something. And I knew I wasn't going to like it very much. Or I thought I wasn't going to like it very much. And then You Need to Calm Down came out, and I was like, wow, this album is going to be worse than I could have possibly imagined. Mm -hmm. And I don't like giving it a lot of thought beyond that. So here's what I'm going to say. First of all, uh, context on Brendan Urie being on this song, which I guess I see the concept of, but I don't. I I, I think he takes away from it. Um, Taylor Swift says that she is a fan of Brendan Urie, has wanted to collaborate with him for a long time. She wrote this chorus and was like, "I need Brendan Urie on this," and sent it over to him. Okay. I on this listen at the very least. I like this song uh, quite a bit. I like it. There's something fun about it. I, <laughs> I think, just thinking about my, my, my history relationship uh, with Taylor Swift, um, there is something cool to me about her coming out of the Reputation era with a song that's so Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, called me. Mm-hmm. I think is a is a is a cool like 
putting herself back into the world, back into the public eye. Um, I remember, you know, many Swifties at the time being like, oh my God, she's like, she's back. Like Taylor's back again. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's a, that's a cool choice on her part. I just think, I, I think this is an example we were talking earlier about Taylor being funny and doing bits and not really getting credit for doing bits. I think this is a really funny song. <laughs> and, and, you know, a, a song where she's definitely playing a character and I think playing into, you know, her, her public image in a way that she likes to do and in a way that I think she, she does to really fun effect here. One thing that really annoyed me listening to this song uh, on Apple when I listened to it this time is like I, I had never, you know, I, I, I think in, even when I streamed the album, I usually wasn't listening to this song. I they they got to the spelling is fun part and they took it out. They, the, the spelling is fun part is no longer on the song, and that really upset me because I think that is like a really good bit. But that's a I, that I mean that's the part of the song that convinces you that it's a it's a bit. If you don't right. have that, then it's it's it it has a kind of earnest feel to it. Yeah, I I I think what it is, it's sort of it's Taylor calling her shot, but not about like what the album's going to be, but about what people's perception of the album is going to be. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and she's she knows that everyone assumes everything about her and it's particularly about the music based on especially the singles but anything she says i always kind of wonder if they sometimes when she does all the easter eggs and shit i'm like maybe this is just like a huge bit uh, but i think like b would be a, a really convincing evidence that she's just like she knows that everyone's gonna make huge assumptions on her personal life and her album based on the song she drops so why not yeah. drop just the two most horrible songs um and because yeah, and it, for me me in my opinion is forgivable i'm like okay mm -hmm. fine put that on the album it's pretty funny that you made it and you need to come down and say i can't get i can't see yeah why. that's the thing that's the thing i think she is i think she's in on the joke on me and she was completely serious about you need to calm down <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's the difference. And I, I, you know, I, I think that me being the lead single, it just sort of conveys this like glossy uh, uh, cotton candy kind of exterior that the album has that then if you really listen to it, you'll see again this this deep theme of insecurity that runs throughout the whole thing. And if you even rethink me with that in context, uh, it's a really manipulative song. If particularly if Taylor is the listener, mm -hmm. not the the singer of like, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what thought yeah. went into it. And I think it's a bit at the end of the day. Yeah. But we'll never but, find another like me is a manipulative, manipulative thing. Yeah. And that perspective makes me rethink having Brendan Yuri feature on the song. Oh, exactly. <laughs> well, this, yeah. the, this, is the this is the only moment where we're directly explicitly seeing a voice that's not taylor's exactly yeah hey <laughs> who fucking knows who fucking knows i like the song a lot it's really fun um the next song is it's nice to have a friend a weird little song not really designed to be a standout like it's this very sort of uh, small scale thing but i like the simplicity of it and how it suits the album's con the the uh, the concept of the song that you know fits in the concept of the album, all that. Yeah, I um have grown really fond of this song in the past like week. Mm. Um, I don't know, so simple as you said. Um, it could fit any phase of life. Mm. Like the first verse, it puts you in like kindergarten. Right, the first half of that verse with the school bells and the sidewalk track. Video games, you pass me a note, sleeping in tent, suddenly we're older. But at the end of the day, there's also a, like, um, settling to be friends with someone after you break up. Um, and of course, I, yeah. 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 
I, I like the idea of just this this like moment of tranquility after like a like a very emotionally tense album. Um, the little instrumental break is really good, but it, it just sort of feels like you know, it it feels like after a war, and you know you're just you're just kind of like finally we have peace, but also there's all this all this sort of uh, bloodshed that that is that we're leaving behind, and we just sort of have to reckon with it. Yeah. Good song. And then the last song on the album is uh, Daylight, which uh, I'm not into. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing notable going on here. Um, I think it's I think it's nice to have a friend would be a great place to end the album. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, I think if you if you end on False God, that's like easily. I mean, this is my favorite Taylor that's, album. But I think if you end on False God, that's like a, a phenomenal album right there. A great album, exactly. Um, but I, 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 I see it's sort of structurally an outro track, and I like that this album like really has like intro and outro tracks. Yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, it's well, it's like she's experimenting, but um, in structure, which is just kind of really interesting with the thread of like it being a lover. Um, sexuality, marriage, like being threaded throughout an album where she's doing a lot of experimentation in, in what is a really traditional and rigid structures. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the like the the little voicemail part where she's just sort of like directly saying what the concept behind the album is. I know. Yeah, like like that's just sort of a, a an interesting thing, something that you don't see a lot, and that I think is a a clever little bit, and sort of could be seen as like, you know, reframing the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now thing, and just sort of like take, taking that phone motif and just saying something honest with it. Yeah, something very sincere. Yeah. I I feel like the production on this track is really in line with a lot of the stuff that Jack Antonoff was doing at this time, with like. Lana and the Chicks album and the Red Hearse album, like like it it, uh, it feels the most stock out of all the songs on this album. Yeah, I think. Off, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's Lover. That's Lover. <laughs> all right. Uh, overall, uh, it is my favorite Taylor Swift album. I uh, like all the all the weird little instrumental stuff going on. I like the. I, I feel like the lyricism is very in line with like. The Taylor Swift today that I feel like was, you know, again, like it, people see folklore, see Evermore, and they're like, where did this come from? A, and it, something's were there the whole time, but I think Lover is really the genesis of yeah. a lot of a lot of what the the new Taylor is. Yes, absolutely agree. Um, it's definitely a top three album for me, um, and 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 I, it gets better every time I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, on this listen, I you know, there's all kinds of new stuff to discover. And again, I even came around on me after all that. Um, yeah. This was a, a short and sweet episode. I know you have places to be, so we're going to sign off. Greg, thank you so much for joining me this week. To those of you who have been listening, we hope that you enjoyed. If you like the show, you can uh, subscribe on Substack or wherever you're listening to it, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, Share it with your friends. That's one of the best things you can do, and I will see you all next week. Disagree, Gary.